And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Well, gentlemen, it's great to have you here today. I'm looking at the calendar, and I realize that tomorrow is Mother's Day. And while that's not a liturgically significant event in the church, it nevertheless is a very important event to us um, because we all have mothers. And I thought to get us started here, maybe each of us could share just a few tidbits about our mother. And um, to start us off, I would say one of the things I remember about my own mother is that she prayed, and she was a praying mother. Um, When us boys were about ready to catch our school bus and go off to school in the morning, she would have prayer with us. And so that Mm -hmm. certainly is a legacy that I carry to this day in appreciation of my mother. And for those of you who know us, um, my own mother passed away just a little over two years ago, and I certainly miss her very much. Yes, I, I just to add to that, you have a picture of your mother in the studios here, yes, and her hands are folded, yeah, as as though she was was praying. You know, yeah. that was that's very beautiful. Yeah, my mother, uh, the Lord has taken my mother as well uh, a few more years ago uh, mm-hmm. than yours, Dan. But what I remember most about my mother is uh, her gift of hospitality. Mm. How she would be one who could always host things. And I know my dad would always have Bible studies at his house. And it would always be plenty of people there because they knew my mom was always going to be baking and mm-hmm. cooking. And <laughs> I've had a few of those tidbits myself. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And and she was, was extremely gifted in hosting and, and with that gift of hospitality. What I remember about my mother most was, um, and she died about six years ago just about this time, Mm. Mm. was uh, this. Uh, My mother was always for her family. There's no question. It Mm. it came first, my dad and the four of us kids. And uh, she made that clear. She wasn't us five or us six and no more. I mean, not anything like that or the old saying, us four and no more. She certainly was generous to outsiders for sure. But I remember how hard she worked to to keep us – in clothing and things like that, and ironing and and serving her family, she didn't treat all of us the same way as children. But uh, regardless of that, we all knew that she would give her life for us. That's right. Mm. And um, she definitely conveyed that to us, uh, no question. I think um, of our wives, and um, each of us um, have wives, and you know, obviously, each of us have children. What an important role our wives have played in our children's lives. Um, there are things, at least in the Elmendorf household, that uh, Debbie did and still does that I couldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't have the skills. I wouldn't have the capability. Um, certain nurturing aspects of our wives towards our children are irreplaceable. That's absolutely right. And that's the same in my family. I'm sure it's the same in John's family. My wife, Karen, has a connection with the kids uh, that I don't have. I have a different kind of connection, especially since we have three daughters. The connection is especially uh, mm. strong with the three daughters, and, and uh, they do. They have they have a wonderful uh, connection together, and, and 
I appreciate that, you know. Mm-hmm. And even my son, he has a special connection uh, with his mother. And, of course, uh, I have a special connection with him as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is the way God intended. That's why he created us, you know, male and female, uh, and uh, brought the family together as, as a man and a woman. Each of us have different responsibilities. Each of us have different gifts. That's true of my family, too, when the children... They're uh, one's thirty and one's thirty-two. Uh, when they call up, they call for mother, mm-hmm. and she shares a lot with them. And usually, when they begin to share, uh, it, it is always with her. Maybe the problems so forth. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes if they need encouragement, she'll come bring bring the phone to me and say, "Would you talk to your daughter mm-hmm. and fuck her up a bit or whatever?" <laughs> but it's they start with her always, yeah. and and uh, in one sense they see her, and I think rightly so, as kind of the center of the family. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. Uh, that loving nurture is just something that um, certainly Debbie is able to give. I notice there's a difference too when, and it's rare, but when it does happen, and there's a theological question. Either the email comes to me or the text message comes to me. And so that's kind of a, a blessing. I enjoy mm-hmm. answering mm-hmm. our kids' mm-hmm. uh, theological questions. Not that I have all the answers, but, you know, it's certainly tried to work in that area. We see mothers in the Bible, and uh, I know we have a break coming up, but if I were to ask you, gentlemen, name one significant mother in the Bible that really catches your attention as a pastor— um, who would you name? I guess, uh, you know, there's a lot of them. Uh, I really like uh, Naomi and Ruth. Mm. Uh, the reason I, I like that is because it's interesting, even though Naomi's son, uh, Malon, uh, married Ruth, who happened to be a Gentile, it's obvious in the story of Ruth that she had a great influence on Ruth, not only in terms of giving her son, but also theologically, because it's obvious that Ruth had come to know the God of Israel. Hmm. And uh, I can't help but think that was probably through Naomi's influence. Mm. Well, excluding the mother of our Lord, who is blessed among mm-hmm. women, oh, yes. uh, I would have to say Sarah. Hmm. I, I thought... Uh, uh, she demonstrated at certain crucial turns in her life uh, great faith in the Lord. Of course, there are a couple times not so, but no one mm-hmm. is without uh, mm-hmm. sin, so to speak, or doubting. Uh, she had flaws like sure. we all do. We're fallen. Yeah. But I admire her greatly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, hold that thought. Today we're talking about mothers here on A Plain Answer at Redeemer Broadcasting. Stay with us. We'll be right back. my home a place filled with dreams and butterflies I'd run to you when I scraped my knee with a kiss and a smile you'd comfort me and send me right back outside to chase them all again the years have come and
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Tomorrow is Mother's Day. We've been talking about our mothers. Let's talk now about the, um, I guess you could say, the social implications of mothers, the benefits of mothers in the society, etc. John Vance, maybe you can get us started on that. Well, the Bible is um, really replete with illustrations of mothers and their role. One of the um, uh, problems, I think, in modern society and families is we've gotten away from that model. And um, there are so many models in the Scripture of a mother teaching, um, of a mother nurturing, of a mother being a helpmeet to her husband. The biblical world, of course, pictures a family now, it is true today that our families, uh, many of them, more than ever, I think, in any society, uh, maybe in the past, the fragmentation of this family and and, mm. and the toll on motherhood. Yeah, it has. And uh, can I just jump in, just throw this out for what it's worth? The economic situation we now find ourselves in in this country directly impacts the life of the family. So as... Um, now you will have husband and wife feeling the pressure to just simply pay their taxes, uh, pay the bills, and so the wife is more prone to go out to work when she's really needed at home in, in that nurturing and special role that she has, she uniquely has in raising the children during the day. I think the mother performs a function in the early years of the child's life to uh, not have that mothering that is needed for a young child in particular, I think, puts a child at a deficit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no question in my mind. I I would be profoundly changed had not my mother uh, stayed in the home and helped raise us uh, and influenced us uh, profoundly. You know, I got into um, some hobbies, and I was encouraged by both mother and dad, um, got into a radio hobby, which eventually led to Redeemer Broadcasting. If it wasn't for my mother... They're, they're, this ministry would not exist. There's no question in my mind. I've been amazed um, at how many testimonies of famous mm-hmm. people will will say, 
that their mother influenced them, just like you said. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's it's been amazing, even mm. in the Christian ministry, how many yeah. mothers have influenced their uh, sons. Yeah, and I want to mention this, too. Um, you know, I'm certainly mm. from a more traditionalist mold, and I realize not everybody will agree with that. But I do recognize the fact that, uh, you know, I'm talking about mothers in the home. Uh, there are also seasons of life. And so um, a, a thoughtful mom may put aside some of her aspirations for other interests that she wanted to get involved with as being a married woman mm-hmm. um, in lieu of the fact that she wants to raise godly children. And later on in life, when those when we go through the empty nest syndrome, which, by the way, we're going through right now, mm-hmm. we've got two out of four, and with a third one almost there, uh, you know, away at college, um, it's not wrong for a woman to shift gears a little bit and get involved in some of the interests that she had kind of put on hold during those early uh, times of her life. That's life. true, you know, and that's good if a woman has that kind of thing. Because I know empty nest syndrome is also, you're talking about that, that's more difficult for the woman. Yes. Because she's been the one that's been there nurturing and nurturing, whereas the man's been off usually as, as the breadwinner bringing in the food and then suddenly, when the kids are gone, the kids are gone, you oh, know, yes. and that's been the focus of her life, and and that's very hard. Mm-hmm. It can be uh, quite a them. shock to a mother, yeah. I think, uh, not to see her son or daughter there in the home day in and day out. And, and of course, and then a, a lot of times you see the influence, and of course we see this biblically too. We have Lois in the, in the Bible being a great influence on Timothy. Oh, yes. Mothers who continue, in some sense, to mother as grandmothers. Now, uh, mm-hmm. before we open the mic, Mark, I was asking you where that text was, and you shared that it was Second Timothy chapter 1. I, I just wanted to read that quick. Sure. You just mentioned it, uh, starting with uh, verse 5. Um, Paul was writing to Timothy, says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Yeah, and you see the great faith being passed on yeah. from uh, uh, grandmother to mother to, yeah. to son. This is covenantal. That's it. Oh, it is. my, this much, is beautiful. It's very much covenantal. Yeah. And it's really uh, because of, I think, the nature of, of our wives, uh, it's much harder for them especially with the grandchildren away. Now, you are in a little bit different position just yet, Dan, than both John or I are in, Mm -hmm. in that our kids not only are grown, I have one child with her husband that lives in this area. Mm -hmm. The other ones are gone. Oh, yeah, that's that's especially tough and, on a mother right and there. One, yeah, one in Colorado, one in Tennessee, and one in Brazil. Oh, yeah. And John has one in Virginia and one... North Carolina uh, and Florida. Okay. No, North Carolina and Florida, yeah. or maybe the uttermost parts of the earth. Oh, yeah, here. one travels uh, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Nepal, yeah. And, and, Indonesia. And, and so that's particularly uh, difficult when you just can't get a hold of your grandkids and... And give them a hug, and it's especially for the mothers. You know, Skype is great. Boy, to think a hundred years ago when you'd wait for a letter for months. There's, but. there's no question that the modern um, life in general, technology included, everything has somewhat modified and rearranged the traditional yes. uh, model. And uh, 
it's something that we have to live with. It has its pluses and minuses. Yeah. And we have, as Christians, have to figure out how to live with this and yet live biblically faithful right. uh, to the Lord in our families. But the most important thing, I think, is how crucial a mother is to a family. Mm-hmm. Now, she may have to work at various stages in life. There are seasons of life, this mm-hmm. kind of thing. We're not uh, here to to uh, to set at some rigid uh, scheme of things. Uh, each right. family has to decide those things for themselves. There is a certainly a biblical pattern of father, mother, and children and their relationship, and that's what we're trying to maintain and and see the continuity of that in every generation. So I I uh, think though that that's the important thing. And one of the sad sad testimonies, if you will, about today's society is that so many children grow up without mothers. Now, they grow up without fathers in the home, too, but you think about mm-hmm. the many that do grow up without mothers, or that they only have a mother in the family. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, grandmothers can play an important role in, in that case uh, yeah. with support, but only have a mother in the family. Yeah. And it's clear that a family, children need both a mother and a father. Oh, yes. And that is, and that's what God had intended uh, right from the beginning. But that has become almost the exception sometimes. Though. It's a marvelous opportunity mm-hmm. um, yeah. as we consider uh, training the next generation of responsible Christians. There, there's a couple of verses from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 6 through 7 that captures so very well this concept of carefully teaching our children the the precepts of God that will result really in them having a fulfilled Christian adult life later on. It says this, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. In other words, Um, It's not just um, like, okay, let's put our little religious hat on for a little while now, um, children, and we'll talk about Jesus. It's so much more than that. Uh, It's where uh, covenant life becomes warp and woof of the way you think and breathe and act and eat and sleep. Everything revolves around God, the triune God of the Scriptures. Yeah, and even on top of that, especially focusing on mothers, you see Paul writing to Timothy and admonishing not just for the mother of the child, but for the the older women to, in a sense, continually mentor and, if you will, mother younger women who have their own children so Mm -hmm. that you have... Uh, this kind of teaching of the older to the younger, the one mm-hmm. who's had the experience, to really use that experience and to teach the younger ones yeah. so that they can be the kind of mothers that God would desire them to be. You know, also, John, I interrupted you. Oh, I was going to say, uh, Paul even charges the older women yeah. to teach the younger yeah. women. It's not really an option. I'm also thinking about singles uh, that are in our circles in the church um, possibly um, there's uh, a longing to uh, be married and uh, become a mother someday, and yet um, time is kind of, you get the feeling that time is slipping away, and oh man, maybe I'll never be married, and that could be true, that could be true, but um, a couple things, uh, one is you can still honor your own mother, and if she's still alive, uh, spend some time with her and encourage her and thank her for all that she's done for you. 
Um, you can also honor a woman who perhaps is in your life that's become like a mother to you or maybe a role mm-hmm. model, a big sister um, who has exhibited some kind of a nurturing or a caring influence. And you never know. In God's timing, um, he may bring uh, the right um, um, husband into your life someday and and children are still uh, um, in the future. Something we can't answer, but um, I want to make sure that we don't leave out the singles because they're so much a part of our church and our our church body that uh, they're an essential part. Yeah, let me add to that too, Dan. Yeah, God may give you a husband, and then maybe he may not. Now, when we look at the Bible, there are certain individuals, and I'm thinking of Miriam, Moses' sister. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no indication that I know of that she was ever married. Hmm. Can you think of anything, John? No, I I, I never thought of it. And yet, you see Miriam as one of the leaders. When the Egyptians were defeated at the Red Sea, and she's the one that was leading the women and singing and, and really rejoicing before the Lord. And so you see a woman such as Miriam, who may have never been married, yet being very influential among the people. Well, take Lydia. I don't know whether Lydia. she had a husband That's or right. not. Exactly. But she was a businesswoman. Yes, right. And, purple. And uh, she was conducting prayer meetings down by the river. Yeah. And when Paul came, her, her heart was opened. She was mm-hmm. one of the very first ones to help establish the church in That's her right. home and provide shelter and so forth. And as a matter of fact, let me get back to some interesting research that I, I read through Rodney Stark. Mm. He said uh, in his uh, findings, he's the uh, professor at Baylor who's done so much work in this area, he said his discovery was that the early church prospered and were aided uh, through godly women, some mm, of yes. them sometimes very rich, who provided yes. their homes mm-hmm. for the church. Yes. So these uh, both mothers and uh, unmarried women can play a very great role in yeah. the church as fulfilling. Right. Oh, yes. And I, I'll be honest with you, you know, this little broadcast ministry we have right here, if it wasn't for the support from godly women, uh, we'd be off the air. Uh, a good deal of support I think comes the entire Methodist there. church might say that. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to say uh, that Mother's Day... Uh, was really started in, within the Methodist Church. Oh, that's interesting. A woman by the name of Jarvis, who was living in last name of Jarvis, who was living in uh, Philadelphia, sent some roses back to her mm. home Methodist Church, I think just after the turn of the 19th century, and had the uh, minister to place them in the church in honor of her mother mm. for being such a good mother. That's neat. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about Mother's Day today and about our mothers, and um, just a few wrap-up thoughts. I see we're just about out of time. I wanted to read one stanza from a famous poem from William Ross Wallace, and it's the third stanza of his poem, and it says this, uh, Woman, how divine your mission here upon our natal sod. Keep, oh, keep the young heart open always to the breath of God. All true trophies of the ages are from mother love imperiled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Well, I, I would say definitely the that's true, but, you know, that's why it's more important that mothers, uh, first and foremost, uh, put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's 
Yes. That's where it, it all is. If you want to be the best mother that you can be, uh, it starts with faith in Jesus Christ and dependence on, mm-hmm. on him and his word. The hand that rocks the cradle, what a beautiful phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a lesson from nature. I have had uh, many cats and pets and dogs. And one of the things you don't do is remove them from their mothers too quickly. Yes. Or they they have uh, neuroses just like human beings. Mm. I want to thank God for all of those uh, godly and steadfast women out there who play such an important role uh, in uh, indeed for the next generation. Amen, Amen to that. <laughs> for Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf in the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance from all of us fellas. We wish all of you mothers a happy Mother's Day tomorrow. May God be with you. So I laugh at the mistakes I make. I still stumble, but I'm brave because I know my worth and the beauty that lives inside of me. Yeah.